Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Today is January 16th, 2023, and our first story. It appears Hunter Biden was funneling hundreds of thousands of dollars to his dad through fake rent, listing his monthly rent at his dad's house at $50,000. This area, the average rent, the max rent, is only like 5000 So why was he paying 10 times that number? The other revelation is that more classified documents were found and Hunter apparently had access. In our next story, Oregon has filed for formal secession. A senator says that he wants the eastern counties to join greater Idaho and break the state in two. And it might actually happen. If you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. I'm just going to come out and say it. There is no doubt in my mind that Hunter Biden is funneling money to his dad through surreptitious means that Joe Biden is helping to orchestrate these business dealings in Ukraine and China. And then Hunter Biden funnels that money back to his dad because the latest revelation is that Hunter Biden was paying $50,000 per month to rent a house in Wilmington, Delaware, where Joe Biden lived and the top rent for the area in the high, in the worst case scenario, $6,000. Now, my question is, doesn't the IRS get a little curious about that rental income? Well, you know, here's the issue. For someone like Joe Biden, he probably owns multiple properties. He probably has large rental income. And so when he files his taxes, he doesn't put, my son is paying me $50,000 to live in a $5,000 a month house. But now we got the news reports. So what's it going to be, IRS? Are you going to launch an inquiry into why it is Hunter Biden was paying 10 to 11 times the standard rent? You see, I've talked about about this before. You know, I talked to my accountant. You know, he basically lays things out like where you can spend money, where you can't spend money. You cannot do the things that Hunter Biden did. And I'll tell you why. There's, There's gift taxes. There's lifetime gift limits, meaning... If you want to give someone money, at a certain point, it becomes taxable income. The government wants to make sure that if you're hiring someone for a job, they're paying their taxes. Okay. So when you pay someone, say $50,000 per month for rent, they say, nice try. You're trying to use rent as a means to transfer money to a loved one at a different tax rate. Or in this instance, launder it. Now, last week, we had the Krasenstein brothers and Matt Gates on TimCast IRL, and they could not be in more disagreement with each other when it comes to politics. But they did agree on one thing. The classified document story is kind of stupid. You know, I, I kind of agree. You know, they go after they, they raided Trump's house, though. That's the issue. Yeah, I don't you know what you know, what Matt Gates said. He said, Every single past VP or president probably is, is in violation of the Federal Records Act by some, for some technical reason. Yeah, he's probably right. No, I agree. And I think the only reason they're going after Trump is because 
they need a reason to go after Trump. I mean, once his house got raided, all of a sudden everyone's saying, that's it. He's disqualified. Spare me your nonsense. Because now Joe Biden's been caught. Worse than that, though, we're now learning that apparently Hunter Biden not only was paying a ridiculous sum of money to live there, which is a red flag, but he had access to these documents. Who else? Republicans are now demanding logs. They want to know who was coming and going from that property. Here's the worst part. We don't know what these documents are related to. But imagine Hunter Biden did actually live there and he brought one of his hookers or, you know, crack buddies because, they, you know, New York Post says drug addled. Okay, what if one of these individuals got access to these documents, learned secrets and could maybe sell them? Yeah, that is a tremendous breach of our national security. So you want to complain about Donald Trump and security? It's like the FBI came, they put a lock on a box. They put it in the closet or whatever, the cabinet where he had the documents. They locked it. Joe Biden had his drug-addled son coming and going as he pleased. For what? Now, here's the funny part. For all we know, Hunter Biden did not actually live there. He was just trying to funnel money to his dad. Uh-oh, now it's all coming full circle, isn't it? I have to wonder if this is uh, some people have argued the deep state is trying to get rid of Joe Biden in time for 2024. We'll see. But let's read the news from the New York Post. Drug addled Hunter Biden lived at Delaware home where classified docs were kept. Disgraced first son Hunter Biden lived off and on at the Delaware home where classified documents from Joe Biden's time as vice president were found last month, giving him unrestricted access to America's secrets while he was addicted to drugs, hammering out shady foreign business deals and under federal investigation. Now, I want you to think about that paragraph. And then I want you to think about this tweet. Miranda Devine says, in 2018, Biden claimed he owned the house where Joe Biden kept classified documents alongside his Corvette in the garage via JJ talking. Now, I read this background screening request document they've posted. I'm not entirely sure it says what they think it says. Here's what it says. Current residence, or it says background check screening, what name as it appears in your driver's license, and then it's got, you know, current address, road, Delaware, Wilmington, etc. They, they blot the number. Now, keep in mind, this information is all publicly available where, you know, but not, we're not giving out the number. Current residence. It says, uh, I'll ask, or I, I guess that lists, you know, his current residence. And it says, move in date, 327, move out date, February 2018. And so this was filled out 7-17-2018, several months after he moved out. It now says he owns. Here's what I think it's saying. <clears throat> I don't think it's saying that he owned the house Joe Biden lived in. I think it's saying he rented that house that Joe Biden lived in for $49,910 per month. It says he now owns. What I think it's saying is that he moved out. Now he owns his own house. Not that he owned that house, but it does show that he was giving his dad 50 grand per month for a property that shouldn't cost anywhere near that. Trump Jr. tweeted, that's the most expensive home I could find for rent currently on Compass in Wilmington, $4,500 per month. You're telling me that humble public servant Joe's house is worth 11 times more than this and it's not a scam? Come on, man. Man. Max Abrams said, Maybe Joe's house is so expensive because it comes with the documents. Maybe that's it. It comes with the documents. No, come on. It's that Hunter Biden is doing these deals in, say, Bur with Burisma in Ukraine. 
He's doing these deals with in China, and who knows where else he's doing these deals. Joe Biden is organizing them, but Joe Biden doesn't want to get connected to this, especially if the deals were being organized while he was vice president. So Hunter Biden finds a way to funnel money to him. Now, let me let me let me put the date here. March 2017. So this is Joe Biden leaves. Hunter Biden then comes in to rent the property, paying him $49,000 a month for just about 11 months. I got to wonder. Here's what I think happened. While Joe Biden is vice president, no money gets exchanged. Hunter Biden makes all the money, puts it in his bank account, pays taxes. Then Joe Biden leaves office. Hunter then says, now I'm going to pay you rent. That way, as VP, he wasn't generating that revenue, wouldn't have to appear on any disclosure forms. Joe Biden just gets out of office. Hunter starts funneling him money. I got a question, I guess. We got these reports that um, there's going to be a a global recession. The World Economic Forum is predicting 63% of individuals are predicting a, a, a global recession. You've got thousands of private planes flying into Davos right now for the World Economic Forum. Have fun, guys. Does this really matter? There's a viral meme going around where this guy's got sunglasses on. He's sitting at a table and he's putting eggs in baggies and weighing them. And then he's going like, yo, what up? And he's got a chicken on his shoulder. Eggs are so damn expensive right now. It's like averaging eight bucks a carton. Me, I got chickens. So we got too many eggs. Maybe I should sell them. I probably got like 50 bucks worth of eggs just sitting on the counter. My point is, as Matt Gates brought up, this is, not, this is not an issue Americans care about. You know, it's a big scandal. The people who are in politics like you and I, we probably care about it. But the most important, the most pressing thing is probably not this. It's probably the economy. So that's tough. Here I am doing this segment because I feel that when it comes to politics and news, this matters. People need to know this. You know, here's the way I'll put it. I understand. You're probably asking yourself why it is eggs cost so much money. Well, it all comes full circle, doesn't it? You vote for someone as crooked and corrupt as the Bidens. They just pump money into the system. They don't care about whether or not it will have a negative impact on you. They just want to get in the machine to enrich themselves. And then their policies fail and you face that negative impact. That's why it matters. If the American people knew how corrupt the Biden family family was, the Biden crime family, as they're called. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Maybe he would not have been elected. Maybe we would have gotten a better president. Who could fix the economy? One thing you need to understand is that while the COVID stuff did happen under Trump, the governors take a lot of blame for this, but I do put a lot of responsibility on Donald Trump. The important thing is that in 2019, the best numbers of our lives in the economy. This means that we had an opportunity to reelect a guy who knows how to run a business. So with all the bad things that were happening, we probably could have brought in Trump, seen things generally improve. Right now, you would not be looking at $8 for eggs. 
but you are. Because you didn't know that the crooked and corrupt Biden family was just trying to rob you. Because they told you it was the Trumps who were doing it. They said it was uh, Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump. They said it was Don Jr. When in reality, the Trump family lost money from all of this. Don't get me wrong. Donald Trump just sold a bunch of NFTs. But Donald Trump could sell NFTs because he's a celebrity. He didn't have to run for president. He could have went and done some celebrity garbage. He'd have made more money. You look at his tax returns over the past several years, losing $20 million a year. You take a look at the Clintons. You take a look at the Obamas. Look how much money they made after they left office. So I'm not saying Trump's the best guy in the world. I'm not saying he's a nice guy. I'm just saying, tell me, Biden supporters, please, how you justify $50,000 per month in rent. Now, man, it's quite simple. We know exactly what this is all about. It's all about funneling that 10% to the big guy. Hey, let's talk about this. There was some talk about some private equity deal with China, a $5 million forgivable loan. 10% for the big guy, huh? It's about $500,000. Hunter Biden rented a property at $49,910 a month for uh, just about 10 months. That comes out to about $500,000. You know, I'm not, you know, it could be completely unrelated. Maybe the dates don't add up. I'm just saying 10% for the big guy. You'd think maybe it'd be more, but maybe there were other ways he was funneling money to his dad. Technofog has a really good question on Twitter. Why were Biden's personal lawyers looking for classified documents in a locked closet at the Penn Biden Center in November 2022? It's an interesting question. Maybe they weren't, to be fair. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they were just going through his records, found them and said, oh, crap. I do not want to be embroiled in a scandal and just sent them off. What I mean is if they tried to obfuscate this, it'd be on them. And they don't they don't want that. They're probably thinking, let's just put all this on Joe Biden. It's his problem. I don't want to be involved. He's old. He's, he's, he's out anyway. And so they just reported it. You want to know where it gets funnier? On the 14th, five more classified documents were found in Biden's home. It's really incredible, isn't it? Just keeps getting worse for Joe Biden. But the real question, I suppose, is how much do people really care? No, seriously. I mean, I, 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 I wonder this. Like, Matt, like I was mentioning with Matt Gates, you know, every, every executive is, you know, every VP president is probably in violation by some technical standard. So maybe, I don't know. I'll tell you why I think it matters in the end, because of what we uncover because of it. Now, following this, people start digging. And what do we learn? This is January 12th, 2023. And Randy Devine starts looking into, you know, who lives at this property. And sure enough, we see Hunter Biden does. Sure enough, we see Hunter Biden paying like half a million dollars to his dad. You pull on the thread, and that's the point. A story like this has a lot of questions around it. And you see Joe Biden walking down a street with a thread hanging from his jacket. And so you say, you know what? We're going to pull that. And what do you find? You find a lot. Why were his lawyers going through his records at his home and at his office? Honest question. Because Technofog asks about the UPenn address. But what about the other address? What about his house? Why are they now going through everything? Some suggest the deep state is coming to get rid of Joe Biden. But that makes no sense to me. Because if they want to get rid of Joe Biden, they just go to Joe and be like, all right, Joe, your time's up. Unless they did. And then Joe is like, no way, man. I'm running again. I'm going to be two terms. And they were like, no, Joe, 
you're not. And he says, yes, I am. And they said, okay, let's get him out. I really don't believe it because Joe's a crooked guy. He's got to know all about this. If they really were, you know, doing the things that we believe they do. I mean, if Joe Biden's the one who appointed Merrick Garland in the first place, then Joe Biden would just be the, all right, I'm out because he's a part of that machine. So I can't tell you. I think what it probably comes down to is his lawyers stumbled upon it and then said, screw this. I'm not taking the heat for Joe Biden. Of course, CNN's desperately trying to blow that heat off. Take a look at this. I worked on document handling issues in the government. Here's why Biden and Trump's cases are different. Here's why they're different. Oh, boy. Here we go. We will all need to be patient now that Maryland U.S. Attorney Robert Hur has been appointed. U.S. Attorney uh, been appointed by U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland as a special counsel in charge of the investigation into classified documents. But giving her the time to dig into legitimate questions he must ask does not mean we should compare Biden's legal exposure to that of Donald Trump. You know what? It's hard enough for me to talk. I'm actually on the mend, mind you. You know, this past week, like, it's crazy. Friday, I woke up, my, my voice is a little bad. It started getting better. But then by the time Matt Gates got here, I couldn't talk at all. Like, bleh. But uh, this is actually, I'm feeling a lot better. So I decided I'd try to work, but maybe I just can't do it. I don't know. So it's hard enough for me to talk. It's harder for me to actually care about the lies and manipulations of CNN. They're failing. They're struggling. And it's like, at a certain point, I have to wonder why it is people don't just say, dude, you are lying to me. Okay? Like, how many times does CNN need to run some story where they're like, yes, bad thing happened, but actually, for you to be like, okay, this, this can't all be true, right? You know, like, Donald Trump, they, 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 they pull every line in the book, the very fine people hoax, the injecting bleach hoax. At a certain point, the average person needs to just be like, how come every time some story comes out that sounds bad for Democrats, the CNN just comes out with some explanation as to why it's not? And every single time Donald Trump farts, CNN runs a national headline, boom, Donald Trump destroys decorum with flatulence. Every time. No question. No matter what Biden or the Democrats do, here's a reason why it's good. No matter what Trump or Republicans do, here's a reason why it's bad. At a certain point, is someone going to ask? Maybe, maybe they're just zombies. Maybe they always were. House Republicans demand access to visitor logs from Biden's Delaware home to determine who may have been able to access classified documents found there. Kentucky Rep. James Corner wants to see visitor logs. They don't have them. They don't keep them. And I wonder why it is Biden keeps going back there. He goes there a lot. The White House Saturday said it found five additional pages. Yes. The demands made by the newly empowered Republicans were spearheaded by Kentucky Rep. James Comer, who said we have a lot of questions. They want records of everyone who visited the Biden compound from January 21 onwards when he was inaugurated as president. However, answers to those questions may not be forthcoming as a Secret Service spokesperson has, has since said visitor logs aren't even kept. This, this sounds so dirty. It sounds like the deepest and darkest corruption you can imagine. So, okay, maybe this is not a kitchen table issue for you. Maybe it's not your insurance prices. Maybe it's not your gas prices or the cost of chicken eggs. But this is just like sitting back, watching scumbags, crime families defecate onto our flag. And then regular people empower them. 
and wonder why it is things just keep getting worse. That's the bummer. They do feel like they're just getting worse. I've had some people argue the economy is going to get better, and I hope it does. The argument is that other countries are so shot, like Japan, for instance. They'll have no choice but to try and borrow tons of U.S. dollars to buy energy and try and fix their economies, which means the U.S. economy will take off. Maybe we control that petrodollar. So if people want to buy oil, they got to buy from us first. They got to get U.S. dollars. How are they going to do it? If everybody's economies are in the gutter, they're going to have to borrow money, borrow money from us so they can buy oil to kickstart their economy. For the U.S., we just print it. We fabricate that money on issuance of debt. So we don't have to worry about that the same way they do. It's a good argument for why the economy may actually improve. And if there is a global recession, it still may turn out pretty well for the U.S. But I'm not entirely convinced. If there is a global recession, what that means to me, or if it means anything at all, is that other countries aren't going to be doing any spending. They're not going to be spending money. They're not going to be able to use our money. They're going to be destitute. Or maybe because of that desperation, they'll borrow money like crazy, and that will make us do better in the end. I think global recession ultimately just means we will all be worse off. So I don't know. Two things I'll say. Some people say this is a distraction from the economic issues that Biden Democrats have wrought and the World Economic Forum and NATO, etc. However, the other thing I'll say is maybe it's the other way around. Maybe because the economy is in dire straits and eggs are so expensive, that's why they were looking for these documents. Now they were like, listen, we got bad news on the economy. Everyone's going to be staring over there at $9 a carton eggs, $8 a carton eggs. Release the documents. Maybe that's why they waited. They found the documents before the midterms. They knew they had them. It's been several months. Maybe they were thinking, we do not want the heat right before a midterm, and we do not want the heat in general. Once bad news in the economy comes out, they say everyone's distracted, drop them. So what happens? You and I, we know it. We watch it. We're concerned about it. Everybody else, they're too busy watching memes about a dude and his eggs. It's tough days, huh? We know they're corrupt, but how much does it really matter anyway? I guess I just throw it to you to comment below. Let me know what you think. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 1 p.m., hopefully, on uh, this channel. And uh, I'll see how my voice does. It, it, was, it was bad yesterday. It's getting better. And it actually has been getting better throughout the morning. So otherwise, maybe I'll just have to wait until IRL again so that I can come back full swing. We'll see. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. And I will see you all at 1 p.m., maybe. During the Civil War, while people were fighting a particularly brutal physical conflict, a political conflict was underway. Virginia v. West Virginia. It was not so easy and it was not so quick, but Virginia did fracture into two states, particularly over the issue of secession from the Union. Virginia later tried to reclaim the territories in West Virginia, the state itself, back into Greater Virginia, and ultimately they lost. And right now, we've got the big breaking, maybe silly, maybe serious news. Oregon state senator files bill to let more than half of the state secede and join Idaho. And you know what? This very well may happen. And if it was going to happen, it would take some time. 
But there are very, very good arguments for the splitting off of half of Oregon into well, a little bit more than half of Oregon into Idaho. Notably, all of these districts that are voting in favor of joining Idaho are sparsely populated and more conservative. It wouldn't change the balance of the Senate, the Electoral College or Congress. And in fact, there's only one member of Congress for this whole area. So it wouldn't take away that much voting power. It would just mean that the people in these districts that believe in governance for, of, and by the people will get just that. And the greater Idaho movement have made their case saying the purpose of state level governance is so that people who live in different parts of this country can have local representation. And I completely agree. Now, there's a bunch of other movements. There's the new California movement. There's the movement for the state of Jefferson to break off Northern California. Seems like secession and reorganization is in the air. But I ask my friends, why would Oregon, Portland, the woke bastion of the United States, give up their slaves? The people who live in the eastern portion of Oregon have little voice, almost no voice. They pay taxes and live under the boot of those in Western Oregon. Why would they agree to it? In, in Oregon, the government, the state government would have to approve of this. And so would Congress. But it's going to be interesting because the argument has been made similar to West Virginia, that if the counties vote for it, then you do it. And the Supreme Court held in West Virginia v. Virginia that these counties in West Virginia were, in fact, a part of West Virginia. Case closed. Now, would they have to go back on precedent to reject the people of eastern Oregon from joining Idaho? Will be interesting. In the end, there will be a shift in some power. If this does happen, Idaho will gain one electoral college vote, presumably, and Oregon will lose one, presumably. It would be interesting as per redistricting. It may actually not change the congressional makeup at all. It may actually turn out that Idaho still doesn't have enough people to have more than one member of uh, more. Well, they have more, they have four, but it wouldn't change the total number because absorbing this group may just mean that they jump. I'm sorry, they have two congressional districts. I was wrong again. I believe they have two. So ultimately, the total population gained may not be enough to warrant another congressional seat. But we'll have to read to break that down. Because you also do, as I mentioned, have the state of New California and you have the president of West Virginia. So let's read and learn. Will Idaho break apart? Another component of this story, of course, is the cultural culture war. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. And the potential for civil war. It's no surprise that we are seeing many things that haven't happened since the civil war happening now, and that's got to be somewhat worrying. You had the speaker vote. 15 votes to elect Kevin McCarthy. Hasn't happened since. 
the Civil War. Now, granted, and during the Civil War, I think it was like 100 and some odd votes to actually confirm a speaker. It was just before the Civil War, but also a state breaking apart. In this instance, it's not becoming two states. It's joining a different state. But if this does happen, think about what that will mean for Northern California, for parts of Colorado. It could reorganize the whole country. And get this. If rural portions of states broke off from the liberal portions, I don't think a Democrat will ever win an election again. But let's talk about it. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to support our work directly as a member. You get access to exclusive segments from the TimCast IRL podcast Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. And you directly support our work and our cultural endeavors. Just this past weekend, we went to D.C.'s Freedom Plaza and put on a little skate hangout session, meet and greet. Went off without a hitch. Not a single hater. And this proved a point. And I hope it proved the point to those in the skateboarding industry. Woke people are not a part of your culture or community, and they have no say. Because when I announced my presence a week in advance, all day, every day, not a single hater showed up. All the locals were big fans. So, Stop bowing to the woke mob. Support our work at TimCast.com if you want to see more stuff like this. Smash the like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share this show with your friends. Let's read. From TimCast.com, Oregon State Senator files bill to let more than half of the state secede and join Idaho. Republican State Senator Dennis Linthicum's bill, Joint Memorial 2, would allow 15 counties to leave the state. The bill, which is being called the Greater Idaho Bill, states that The voting patterns of Eastern Oregon have for many decades resembled the voting patterns of Idaho, but not of Oregon, indicating a desire for a different style of governance. It also states that Eastern Oregonians have begun to see Oregon government as a threat to the livelihoods, liberties, and values of their communities. As the preferences of the voters of Northwestern Oregon appear at odds with the livelihoods and values of Eastern Oregon communities. According to the Greater Idaho Movement, this proposal is different from, a cre- from creating a new state because it does not affect the balance of power in the U.S. Senate. This means that it's more likely to be approved by the Oregon legislature. And I agree with that. Oregon leg- the Oregon legislature is going to say, well, we're not going to lose any senators. In fact, it guarantees a liberalizing of their existing senators. Right now, you have to pander somewhat to these eastern counties. You, you want to win them over especially if they're worried about a Republican. They'll never have to worry about a Republican governor again or members of the Senate because it will be all of the liberal districts locked up tight. The movement's website states that Oregon will continue to violate more and more American values and American freedoms because Northwestern Oregon has 79% of Oregon's population and voters. Fortunately, Boise has only 13% of Idaho's population. Now that's interesting. Eastern Oregon is culturally, politically, economically much more similar to Idaho than it is to Western Oregon, said Matt McCaw, a spokesman for the Greater Idaho Movement, according to a report from the Daily Mail. Our movement is about self-determination and matching people to government that they want and that matches their values. In Oregon, we've had this urban-rural divide for a very long time. So far, 11 counties have voted in favor of joining Idaho. Despite the winning votes, lawmakers in both states, as well as Congress, would have to approve the secession for the counties to split off. Quote, our proposal is to take that border between Oregon and Idaho 
which was set almost 200 years ago in a very different time when there was only 50,000 people in the state of Oregon. It made sense then. It doesn't make sense now to have that border there because that's not where the cultural divide is, McCaw said. The policy and the government that works for Western Oregon, the Western Oregonians want, does not work in Eastern Oregon, and it is not what Eastern Oregonians want. McCaw added, we have been to the legislature in Idaho. We've had a lot of support in the legislature in Idaho for the idea. They see the benefit of bringing 400,000 like-minded people into their state. It makes Idaho stronger. It gives people the government they want, and it's a win-win for everybody involved. I certainly think so. I'd like to see it happen. Over the greater greater Idaho movement, they state their case, saying, counties can become a part of Idaho. State lines have been relocated many times in American history because it just takes an interstate compact between two state legislatures and approval of Congress. If the U.S. were governed as a single state, we wouldn't have the opportunity for state governance to vary according to the culture of a local area. The purpose of having state lines is to allow the variance. The Oregon-Idaho border was established 163 years ago and is now outdated. It makes no sense in its current location because it doesn't match the location of the cultural divide in Oregon. Areas that vote like Idaho does are economically healthy enough to be welcomed by Idaho. That, that are uh, economically healthy enough. They're eastern, southern, and most of central Oregon, southeastern Washington, and northeastern California. Now, that's interesting. They're not just talking about leaving Oregon in this post. They're talking about potentially California and Washington as well. They say the proposal is different from creating a new state because it does not affect the balance of power. Our proposal is a win-win for the interests of each state legislature and for the counties that get to switch states. Take a look at this. Look at the Oregon counties. Counties that have not yet voted on joining Greater Idaho are Umatilla, Gilliam, Crook, Deschutes, and Wasco. But this borderline would split Wasco and Deschutes in half. And I'm probably pronouncing those wrong. It's probably like Deschutes or something or Deschutes. Anyway, but 11 already have. And Wallowa, Wallowa, however you pronounce it, is set to vote soon. I think it's a brilliant idea. I think it's entirely possible. Let me show you some examples why it makes sense. Oregon, Washington to join California in banning gas-powered new vehicles starting 2035. This is why I personally just bought a bunch of Tesla stock. Two reasons. Tesla stock tanked because people, well, for whatever reason, Elon Musk says macroeconomics. The woke people are saying, or, you know, a lot of people are saying it's because Elon's occupation over at Twitter, whatever. All I see is Tesla stock tanked by like 60 some odd percent. There's a buy opportunity. California, Oregon, Washington, banning gas cars. There's an opportunity. Hey, personally, I like Tesla. I like Elon Musk. I'm not the most trusting of them, but uh, I got no problem with it. You know, there's some companies like spy agencies I wouldn't recommend investing in or companies like BlackRock and things like that. I like Tesla. I do. I do see some problems if in the end they can control when you can charge your car or how and when you can drive. But to be honest, my friends, it doesn't matter if it's gas or otherwise, they could do the same thing. And you can theoretically make your own electric car. So I'm not, I'm not super concerned about centralized control as it pertains to the fuel source, but I digress. Take a look at this story. 
If you're in Eastern Oregon and you need to use a tractor or a plow or a bulldozer or a steamroller or something, what? Is it going to have to be electric? That would be stupid. Maybe for farming equipment, there's an, there's an exemption. But they're going to make you, for those who need to drive the most, drop gasoline and buy electric. Now, I'm willing to bet a lot of these people living in rural areas who drive a bit more are going to say, no way. I'm not going to rely on the grid for this. The states are on track to align their own zero emission vehicle rules with the policy in California, whose Air Resource Board voted in August to set a zero emission standard for new vehicles sold there beginning 2035. Banning the sale of new vehicles powered by gasoline or diesel means all new vehicles sold on the West Coast will have to be powered by electric batteries. You ready for this one, my friends? You ready for this one? Wyoming is set to ban sales of new electric vehicles by 2035 to ensure the stability of its oil and gas industry. Tell me, my friends, you do not see civil war on the horizon. Okay, whatever, man. Maybe no civil war. But how can a country exist when some states are banning electric cars, some states are banning gas cars? The cultural divide has become so pronounced that states are trying to break apart. Come on, man. Not a civil war, maybe not the right not word. Restructuring, reorganizing. But if it was just, say, greater Oregon, I'd say, well, you know, reorganization is probably a good idea. It can probably preserve the union. I would say that now. I think that's fair. But then you take a look at the political conflict, the fighting, the cultural divide on issues like this. And it's like, <clears throat> it's not just about whether or not we can self-govern properly as states. It's about the culture being so divided. People just are doing the exact opposite of each other. And that's the point here. I'd be willing to bet that when it comes to greater Idaho, they're going to be more aligned with Wyoming. Duh. They're going to say, look, we're going to frack. We're going to drill for oil and we're going to be just fine. The rest of Oregon and Washington, sorry, no gas-powered vehicles for you. Just the opposite. It's going to be really weird. You're going to drive. Think about this. You're in Oregon, and you're like, I'm going to take me a drive. Or you're in Washington, let's say. I'm going to take me a drive over to Wyoming. And all of a sudden, you can't charge your car. You're going to be in Wyoming, and you're going to drive into Oregon and Washington. No gas stations. How will that work? Especially for trucking. Think about that for two seconds. How will trucking work if some states are gas and some states are electric? It won't. But how will it go down is the question. Let me show you this real quick. Over at 270 to win, we can see that Oregon has seven electoral votes and Idaho has four. This means that Oregon basically has five congressional. Well, it looks like they have six congressional districts. So in the new, I'm assuming this is new districting with the new year. They gained a seat, I would imagine, because the way the Electoral College works, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure you get an electoral vote for every member of the Senate and for every uh, member of Congress. So right now, so to fix my math, it looks like Oregon has six congressional districts and it has two Senate seats, which means that's going to be eight votes. Idaho, actually, I'm not entirely sure what I didn't pull up Idaho at the time had four. Maybe they have more right now. Maybe we can, uh, Oregon's congressional districts. There's Idaho right there. 
Let's do... Uh, we'll look up uh, Idaho congressional districts. We'll take a look at where they're currently sitting with two. The bigger thing, I, the bigger question here actually is going to be the population of Idaho. And right now, the population of Idaho, total size. Wow, seriously? Where, where are we at? 1.8 million. It's about 750,000 people for uh, every, I think it's 775 right now for every uh, seat in Congress. So it about makes sense they have two. Let's add another 400,000 people, and it looks like they will gain a congressional seat and an electoral vote, which means as of right now with two seats, two senators, they would go up to five electoral college votes. Now I want you to imagine what would happen if the entire country operated that way. If every single red state, or, or I'm sorry, blue state, had their red portions break off to join their red state neighbors, blue states would collapse in size, red states would balloon in size, and a Democrat would never win again. Well, not literally. What would likely have to happen is Democrats would, would start having to try to win red states, and it would shift this country dramatically. Outside of the greater Idaho movement, you also have a California group advocating for splitting for the creation of the 51st state of New California. Now, they want to make another state. This one, in my opinion, sorry, guys, it's a bit stupid. The reason what they want to do is take all the rural counties, make it a state, and then all of the urban counties, their own state, which basically creates weird pockets of California as an, uh, like an, uh, just as islands sitting in the sea of New California. <clears throat> sorry, I don't see that making sense. But I do think the way things are going, either this country gets ripped apart or it realigns. We have this from interactive polls. Do you consider yourself a Republican or a Democrat? In 2008, the average, D plus 12. 2010, D plus 1. 2012, D plus 5. 14 plus 3. 16, D plus 5. 18, D plus 6. In 2020, the polling showed the average person plus five points said they were a Democrat. As of 2022, Republicans have 45 to Democrats 44, creating for the first time since 2008, at least with a tracking, an R plus one. It looks like that may be the first time since 1991. More people have said they are Republican. So, Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I can put it this way. Maybe what we're really seeing is a political realignment. And it won't be a civil war. Fine. The precedent is there. I am absolutely fascinated by the history of West Virginia and how it came to be. And I'll give you the dramatically oversimplified version. Separation from Virginia on Wikipedia has several main articles. The Ordinance of Secession, the Wheeling Convention, the Restored Government of Virginia, 
the state of Kanawha. Let's look at that one. Admission to the Union. List of U.S. states by date of admission. Border states. West Virginia and the American Civil War. I'll give you the simplified version, as I said. There is talk of secession in Virginia. Virginia, of course, encompassed all of the territories of West Virginia and Virginia. When it came to vote, the northwestern areas were leaning towards not seceding. They weren't too happy with the idea. Ultimately, a bunch of votes happen. And people in West Virginia, this is over years, this is in the middle of the Civil War, this is like 1862, meaning the war has already been going on. They say, we do not recognize the vote in Virginia. We do not want to secede from the United States because that would be an act of revolution or rebellion. So we say no. What ends up happening? There's a vote. West Virginia agrees. Virginia agrees. The Senate agrees, or I'm sorry, Congress agrees. But in Virginia, when the war is coming down, again, I, I'm oversimplified, and this is a cursory glance here. I could be wrong. You guys correct me. Basically, Virginia's like, no, 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 no. That doesn't count. We're back in the union. The war is over. West Virginia is Virginia. And the Supreme Court said no. It's amazing. The second Wheeling Convention, June 11th, 1861, declared that since the secession convention had been called without proper popular consent, all of its acts were void and all who adhered to it had vacated their offices. The Wheeling Convention and the delegates themselves were never actually elected by public ballot to act on behalf of Western Virginia. Of its 103 members, 33 had been elected to the Virginia General Assembly on May 23rd. This included some holdover state senators whose four-year terms had begun in 1859 and some who vacated their offices to convene in Wheeling. <clears throat> Other members were chosen even more irregularly, some in mass meetings, other by county committee, and still others were seemingly self-appointed. An act for the reorganization of the government was passed on June 19th. The next day, convention delegates chose Francis H. Pierpont as governor of Virginia and elected other, off, other officers to a rival state government and two U.S. senators, Willie and Car- Carlisle, to replace secessionists before adjourning. The federal government promptly recognized the new government and seated the two senators. Thus, there were two state governments in Virginia, one pledging allegiance to the U.S. and one to the Confederacy. You see, they didn't call themselves West Virginia. They were just like, nah, we're Virginia. And then Virginia and Richmond was like, nah. We're Virginia. It's amazing, isn't it? Now they go on to get much, much more into the nitty gritty, the controversies. On May 13th, 1862, the state legislature of the reorganized government approved the formation of the new state. An application for admission to the union was made to Congress, introduced by Senator Waitman Willie of the restored government of Virginia. Carlisle sought to sabotage the bill, first trying to expand the new state's boundaries to include the Shenandoah Valley and then to defeat the Willie Amendment at home. December 31st, 1862, Abraham Lincoln approved an enabling act admitting West Virginia on the condition that a provision for the gradual abolition of slavery be inserted in its constitution. Very interesting. They reconvened a convention on February 12th, yada, yada, yada. The question of the constitutionality of the formation of the new state was later brought before the Supreme Court in Virginia v. West Virginia, Berkeley and Jefferson counties, where I live, 
lying on the Potomac east of the mountains, voted in favor of the annexation to West Virginia in 1863 with the consent of Virginia's reorganized government. This is fascinating. Virginia sues. They say, no way, dude. You can't do that. They were basically trying to argue that these two counties did not have the authority to vote to leave. It's not recognized. And thus, the entirety of West Virginia is not recognized. West Virginia v. West Virginia, 1871, is a 6-3 to ruling by the Supreme Court that held that if a governor has discretion in the conduct of the election, the legislature is bound by his action and cannot undo the results based on fraud. Very interesting. The court implicitly affirmed that the breakaway Virginia counties had received the necessary consent from both the Commonwealth of Virginia and the U.S. Congress to become a separate U.S. state. The court also explicitly held that Berkeley County and Jefferson County were part of the state of West Virginia. I'm not a scholar here. Probably got a lot of the details muddied. Totally accept that. Y'all who are experts on the Civil War, correct me in the comments. Let me know. The important, oh, there's another, there was another Virginia v. West Virginia. What is that one? Outstanding debt. Interesting. The point here is there has already been a Supreme Court ruling as it pertains to a state being broken in two. It's not the same thing as what we're seeing with the Greater Idaho Movement. It's entirely possible that with Greater Idaho, you want to break apart Oregon and have them join Idaho, and that's a different precedent. But I believe there's enough precedent here that if the counties in Oregon say we are leaving, they need only cite this history. And then it'll be at the Supreme Court to make the decision. There is one thing I think holding back Oregon, I should say Eastern Oregon, from joining Greater Idaho. And that is the unwillingness of anyone to directly involve themselves in matters as such. Meaning... There are a lot of people at the time when, the, when this country was being formed and new states were being admitted, it was the norm that borders were shifting. And, and such, they said, look, we're the ones who made this government. Is my grandpa, right? We're making new states. Let's get it right now and vote for the rest of us. It's been hundreds of years. Most people alive today have been alive with 50 states. Nothing has changed. And though they used to change all the time, I mean, when, when was it Hawaii and Alaska were admitted in what, the early 60s, late 50s? I don't know my geography dates. Sorry, guys. I should. So there are people alive today that were born when there were less than 50 states, when most people were born with 50 states, grew up with 50 states, only ever been 50 states. And they don't want more. Changing these things would be weird adding a star to the flag, more senators, more electoral votes. People don't want change. People don't want to vote for that stuff. But I do think it's possible. You got people who want D.C. statehood. Huge mistake, by the way. Puerto Rico statehood. Completely agree with that one, I might add. And that would be bad for Republicans, mind you. I just think people need to grow a little balls. All right. Start recognizing you are in charge. This is your government. Stop thinking that it is other people who will lead the way. Stop thinking that it is other people who will build the industries. It 
is you. You have inherited this. You are the only one who can stand up to change it. It's an interesting thought, you know. I remember when I was younger, I was always looking up to these older people and these people in industry because they knew what was up. I remember always asking my dad for answers and he always had them. And then I remember the first time in my life when my dad didn't have the answer because the problems are becoming more sophisticated and more complicated and pertaining to industries he'd not been a part of. When I'm younger and I say something like, how do I, how do I make money? And he says, mow lawns. And then I do and it worked. I'm like, wow. When I'm older and I'm like, how do I challenge the supervisor on this policy position? It's like, dude, I don't know. You got to talk to your union rep or something like that. I started to realize at this point, that's a point in my life, that uh, it's you. You're an adult. You've been handed the keys to this country and this world, and it is on you now. Because I see too much of this. Too much of people think it's other people who run the show, who, who, who think, well, we can't change it. It's always been this way. Nah, it can be changed. You are holding the keys and you're in the driver's seat. It was, it's a weird feeling as I get older too, as this company expands. Yeah, I don't know where we'll end up in 10, 15 years. I'm hoping maybe we'll be something bigger than Vice. You know, I like Vice. Vice kind of went, if you know what I mean. But maybe we will become a large upstart. I don't know. Or maybe we'll always just be single show with some ancillary shows around it. One thing I do know is, as we do the work and we expand, we make more money. We gain knowledge. We know. So it's not just about ownership and inheritance. It's about development. I think about the consultants who ran media and politics 20 years ago. How did they get there? How did they know when to vote? How did they know when to lobby they grew up with these things around them. Now I think about where we're at today. You're the expert. That 60-year-old dude who's working, you know, at some political firm, he doesn't know what's going on on TikTok. And I mean, no offense to those who are watching who are in their 60s. But it's going to be some 15-year-old kid, an expert on TikTok, and TikTok will play a role in the next few years in the election. 100%. That's good for China. It's bad for us. But this means that some kid right now who's 16, 17 years old, will be voting in the next election. TikTok expert. When this person's in their late 20s, they are going to know more about quick release social media video than anyone else, and they will get paid the millions of dollars. The reason I'm telling you this, for those that are watching right now what Oregon is doing, understand you are the inheritor and the expert so if you run for office, if you lobby your members of Congress, you can implement these changes. You can own a company. You can start a company. You can change the shape of this country for the better. But I guess it's really just up to you because some people may not want to. That's fine. Maybe you want to just have a nice job, feed your family, sit back, watch some movies and enjoy your life. By all means. Others will seek to enter the fray to challenge those at the top and say, enough. You've had your time. Your time has come to retire. So looking at people like Pelosi and McConnell, we need you to take their place, 
to run for office and say, we shall fix this system. We will change it. It is our turn now. Not like Kevin McCarthy. Now, when he says it's my turn, that's his political ambition. I'm saying it is the turn of our generation to fix these things. One thing I worry about. Shout out to the boomers keeping this country sane for as long as you have. Not perfectly, but to a certain degree. When they go, it's going to get woke. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. From Reuters.com, U.S. FDA, CDC, see early signal of possible Pfizer bivalent COVID shot link to stroke. Now that sounds pretty shocking. I'm going to leave it right there and just say that that's the headline from Reuters. U.S. FDA, CDC, see early signal of possible Pfizer bivalent COVID shot link to stroke. I'll read this in a second. I want to point out additionally from heart.org, of course, heart.org, NewsGuard certified 95 out of 100. That says myocarditis from COVID-19 booster rare, but risk highest among teen boys, young men by the American Heart Association News, September 6th, 2022. The big news that came out, well, conveniently over the weekend where news goes to die is that the U.S. FDA and CDC see early signal of possible link from the Pfizer shot to stroke. Now, I have never been staunchly anti-COVID vaccine. In the early days when Donald Trump announced Operation Warp Speed, I was just like, okay, well, you know, if he can speed up the timeline, then good. Get something done. That's Donald Trump. Trump supporters were all about it, saying he's doing something good to actually try and solve the pandemic. It's crazy how it's been three years since the beginning of COVID. Isn't that crazy? Can't believe it's been so long. Well, when Donald Trump announced warp speed, all of these Democrats came out and said, no matter what, they would not get it. And here's, here's my gripe. I ain't a doctor. I ain't going to tell you what to do. I don't know anything about this stuff other than what I read in the news. I am not an expert and I try to avoid being one. You know what I don't like? Two things. I don't like mandates that punish people when they're prohibited or inhibited from taking a certain medication. I don't like the cult-like behavior of pulling your car into a parking lot to get an injection from a stranger. That freaks me out. But I don't know about this stuff. I mean, look, you got to find a doctor you know and you trust. My doctor recommended against me getting it. That's just, it, it literally happened. Maybe there's a difference between living in a city and living in a rural area. I think there's a big difference between having money and being poor. Because when you have money, you know they say, oh, don't worry. If you can afford the monoclonal antibodies, it's only a couple grand. Average person can't afford that. That's where I think the big difference comes in. But I'm not going to pretend to be like, oh man, you know, I was always warning you about that. Nah, nah, I've, never, I've never played that game. I just don't know. To see the news come out now saying there's more data showing up, I think it's alarming. I do. And they're saying it's an early signal of a possible link to a stroke. They're not saying it does cause stroke. But I want to point out the American Heart Association for a reason. They said early on, no myocarditis or chronocarditis. They said no health issues. Now it's rare. I will tell you what I think about this right off the bat. I'm not here to pander to you or anybody else. Here's what I think. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They gave out hundreds of millions of doses. Okay. It just because we're talking about the initial. We're talking about multiple boosters. And, and they gave out millions around the world. If you do, and you have like a 0.0001% chance of extreme side effects, because everything probably has, you know, to some degree, like a, a, a side effect factor of, you know, dangerous and rare side effects. You, you see it with all medications. My point is this. One, be careful. Watch out for tribalism. Two, don't take my word for it. Do the fact checking yourself. Ask your doctor about these questions. And if they can't answer them, clearly you have a bad doctor. Find a better doctor. All right. But my point on that, on, on, on what I was going to say is, if you give a million doses of a, of, a, of a medication, don't be surprised if you see 100 news stories about people suffering from, from side effects. And that's the important distinction here. I feel like a lot of people are seeing these stories and they're outright just like, boom, this proves it. The vaccine does cause X. And it's like, well, hold on, hold on. I think it's a possibility the news will develop and Reuters will eventually write, write the story and being like, oh, okay, they did find some link. They're not saying that right now. And again, I don't know. What I'm saying is I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out if you give 100 million doses of a vaccine to your entire population, you will get thousands of negative stories from side effects. It just is math. My concern is, one, is the media lying about what's going on? You should be adequately informed before you make a medical decision by a medical professional. But if the media is lying about stuff, and then the question is, is it more serious than they're letting on and they are lying about it? Or are people extrapolating? And this is always the big one for me. I call it the scaling problem. Are they seeing 5,000 news stories about people dying suddenly and then immediately saying that proves it? And it's like, hold on, perhaps. But is it like a 0.0001% chance? Again, All that matters is that you make the choice, you're adequately informed, you have a good medical practitioner, and in my opinion, I personally don't think it's a good idea to drive into a 7-Eleven parking lot and stick your arm out the window for some stranger to inject you with something. That's just me. It's the craziest thing. That that was the hill the left wanted to die on, the liberals and and the, the vax mandate crowd. It's like, you're supposed to go to a doctor. And when I would tell people, just, just, call your doctor. They're like, you're just going doctor shopping. What? Do you, what? I, I go plumbing shopping too. I find good people. But let's read this news so you can be adequately informed, at least for the time being, because science changes. Reuters reports. First, they report on January 13th, the store had been refiled with an edited headline to clarify that the link to a stroke was possible, not def- definite. Refiled. This means they took down the earlier article. I wonder what the earlier headline said. They say a safety monitoring system flagged the U.S. drug maker Pfizer Inc. and German partner BioNTech's updated COVID-19 shot could be linked to a type of brain stroke in older adults, according to preliminary data analyzed by U.S. health authorities. 
The U.S. Center for, for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, and the Food and Drug Administration said on Friday that a CDC vaccine database had uncovered a possible safety issue in which people 65 and older were more likely to have an ischemic stroke 21 days after receiving the Pfizer shot compared with days 22 to 44. So wait, 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 hold on. What does that mean? They're saying they only checked from the people who got it. You need a control group of people who didn't get it. They say an ischemic stroke, also known as brain ischemia, is caused by blockages in arteries that carry blood to the brain. The FDA and CDC said that other large studies, the CDC's Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, other countries' databases and Pfizer's databases had not flagged the safety issue, adding that it requires more investigation. Although the totality of data currently suggests that it is very unlikely that the signal in vaccine safety data link represents a true clinical risk, we believe it is important to share this information with the public. Sure. Pfizer said in a statement, Pfizer and BioNTech, said in a statement that they have been made aware of limited reports of ischemic strokes in people 65 and older following vaccination with their updated shot. Neither Pfizer and BioNTech nor the CDC or FDA have observed similar findings across numerous other monitoring systems in the U.S. And globally, there is no evidence to conclude that ischemic stroke is associated with the use of the company's COVID-19 vaccines. The company's added, the safety concern has not been identified with Moderna, with their Moderna's bivalent shot. And both the CDC and FDA continue to recommend that everyone aged six months and older stay up to date with their COVID-19 vaccination. Well, listen, the CDC and the FDA can issue any kind of advice they want. Fine. I always just say to people, find a doctor, talk to them about your health risks. I'll tell you what happened. I called the doctor. I said, hey, doc, oh, how old was I at this point? This is like, so I was 35, probably. I think I was 35. And I was like, I'm seeing a lot of stuff in the news. There's pro-Trump people for it. Democrat people against it. Eventually the story evolves and then it's, it inverts. I talked to my doctor and they said, um, you're like 35. You are a male. You are not in the, the high risk categories. You should probably let someone else get it. Like, cause back then you gotta understand the idea was that we need these for old people, not young people. Young people don't need to go and get them. And I was like, okay, that worked for me. Eventually, I talked to another medical practitioner upon getting uh, sick and getting the uh, monoclonal antibodies. And they said basically the same thing there. Look, the, the, the survival rate for people your age is like 99.997 or something. And so it's going to suck. But if you're actually concerned about whether or not you need the vaccine, it's really about older people. That's what I was told. I didn't get it. Now, for this, this is the crazy thing. Places like New York and these other places, uh, other cities did mandates. They forced you to get it. I'm like, I don't want to rush out and get some brand new medical treatment with some revolutionary technology they're all bragging about. And uh, I talked to my doctor. That's why I think everybody else should as well. And then I have people say to me, because you, know, you know, I mention it all the time. They're like, oh, but my doctor is stupid. And I'm like, well, then why do you go to them? Like, go to a doctor who's not stupid. It's just, that's the way it is. But this was the big thing. It's so weird to me. They were like, don't get it. Save it for old people. I said, fine by me. <laughs> Whatever. Take a look at this. This is the first headline. Reuters uh, initially published the article that said, U.S. says Pfizer's bivalent COVID shot may be linked to stroke in older adults. I really don't see anything wrong with that headline. Of course, Pfizer probably called and said, come on, come on. I'll tell you what worries me. 
What worries me is we're seeing a lot of people die suddenly. It is not, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, it's right here, Wall Street Journal. How deadly were the COVID lockdowns? For Americans under 45, there were more excess deaths without the virus in 20 and 21 than with it. All right, well, we didn't have the vaccine in 2020. So, you know, I just think it's, I think this is strange. I'm just gonna, I'll put it this way. I don't want to fall prey to any tribalism. But any reasonable person, any reasonable fence-sitting centrist like myself, would take a look at all of the heart attacks and strokes and be like, something bad's going on. And I think two things. I saw this story from the Wall Street Journal, and it said, how deadly were the lockdowns? And I said, why are you assuming that because, what is it, like two-thirds of excess deaths to, from April 2020 to December 2021 among young people were not COVID. Why are you assuming that's because of the lockdowns? What if that is due to the vaccine? I'm sure a lot of people are asking that. Now, I'm not saying it is. I'm saying the Wall Street Journal should not speculate as to the cause of excess deaths, because if we want to get to the bottom of it, we need to just say, we got a lot. We need to now do the, the assessment on what's causing these things. Now, they go on to, I do believe they go on to mention some. I talked about this last week. They say, you know, uh, for older people, excess deaths was almost exclusively COVID and then less something else. This is another reason why I don't think it's necessarily the vaccines. Because, or, or it could be that it's better for older people. I have no idea. Because older people were more likely to be getting it. I do think the, that lockdowns probably caused, well, let's just be real, depression. Other dark things like that. But I also want to entertain, as I often do, and I'm surprised there are people who disagree with me on this one, that COVID may be causing these deaths, these heart attacks, these strokes. It's just, it's just weird to me, but people think it's not possible. I talk to so many people and it just feels so tribal. And I get thumbs down. People dislike the video. Not, it's not tremendous, but like 5% more than normal from people because I'll say, maybe not the vaccines. Like there's people who just absolutely want it to be the vaccine. And I'm like, bro, I don't like big pharma. I don't like Monsanto. I don't like big, massive multinational corporations. But if you're going to play with conspiracy theories, and I'm not saying it derisively, I'm saying quite literally to try and figure out what's going on. You theorize that there are people who are covering up the data or whatever it may be. If you want to hypothesize on what it may be, perhaps COVID has multiple stages. Perhaps COVID lingers. These are things we were told early on. Now, perhaps you may be saying that's right, Tim, but they lied about everything. And I will say, yes, you're correct. Absolutely. So now if you don't want to trust the vaccines, I don't care. I went and talked to a doctor. Not everybody did. I guess some people pulled into 7-Eleven parking lots. That's kind of weird. But that's what you got to do. Like Joe Rogan had a good doctor. I had a good doctor. You got to call around. And the most important thing is that when you ask about these things, they can explain to you because they know, right? So they should know more than you. You should be like, I saw a story. It said this. And if they go, I don't know anything about it. It's like, okay, well, we got a problem. If you're not actively paying attention to the medicine and the science, then why would I trust your medical opinion? But here's what I often say. If you think COVID was a bioweapon leaked from a lab, isn't it entirely possible that's what's causing heart attacks and strokes? No, but I don't know. I don't know, really. Don't, you, I, like, 
Listen, to the people who don't like my thoughts on this, I'm not here to live your life for you or tell you what to do. I'm just going to give you my thoughts. And you can comment below and say, Tim, you are wrong. Here's why. By all means, I'm down. I don't, I don't think I'm right about everything. I just, I'm looking at this news and I'm like, okay, here we go. I will say outright, I would not be surprised considering the patterns that we've seen over the past year, if in three months they do come out and say, actually, yeah, the study was correct. The link is actually legitimate. Because right now they're saying they see early signal. I don't know what that means. The news report, is, it freaks me out, right? Strokes in older people. If there's a possibility, and that's all they're saying, a possibility, what's causing the stroke? Here's, that's, my, that's my question. Let's operate into this assumption. They've come out with uh, a study, data, showing a possible link. It could be anomalous. No one else is showing it. Many people just don't trust them because they granted widespread immunity to these corporations and then forced people to get it. So uh, no one's going to believe them now. It's like, you know, the dude who, who, who makes you, you know, take the garbage out and the garbage bag rips open. You're going to be like, I, you know, it's, it's your fault. You made me do it. No, but probably not a good analogy. But but no, I mean, people probably just don't believe it. But I wouldn't be surprised if in a few months they came out and said there was a link. Anyway, here's my point. If there, if there is something causing strokes related to the vaccine, what is it? An ischemic stroke is a blockage in an artery creating a hypoxic, you know, what is it, an infarction in the brain or something like that? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. My understanding is that infarction is like when you get blood flow cut off and then it deoxygenates and dies, which is basically what a stroke is, right? And we'll call it a stroke. What is causing the blockage? They say in this, an ischemic stroke, brain ischemia, is caused by blockages in arteries that carry blood to the brain. They're saying that they, this, there was a higher likelihood. Look at this. They can call it a signaling code whatever they want. I'll just read this sentence for you. The FDA and the CDA, I'm sorry, the FDA and the CDC on Friday so that a vaccine database uncovered a possible safety issue in which people 65 and older were more likely to have an ischemic stroke 21 days after getting the shot compared with 22 to 44. What about 45? Anyway, they're literally saying within 21 days. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 21 days after receiving the shot, people were more likely to have the stroke. What is causing the blockage? That's my question. Blood clot? Is, is a blood clot causing, causing the, the, the blockage? I don't know. I, I wonder if they could tell us. Again, to be fair, it could turn out to be anomalous, but then you have to bring up the question of died suddenly. And these are questions that need answers, right? I remember when they were saying no myocarditis. Now they're saying it's a, a rare risk. There's one study that came out sparking a lot of controversy that said that the, the negative impacts of COVID vaccination in males under 29 was greater than COVID. 
I don't have answers for you, my friends. But I think most people watching the pattern of media lies are just going to outright come out and reject it. I don't do that. You may notice on this show, in this show, on my channel, I actually use mainstream media sources for everything. Hence, my problem. I can easily point out the lies and manipulations in mainstream news articles, find the facts using the good sources, and that's the thing. If the mainstream media is right 60% of the time, that's what I'm aiming for. I'm trying to maximize the correct path. My predictions aren't always correct. The problem here is the media has consistently been wrong about this over and over again. But as it pertains to this media, I'm sorry, guys, you're not going to get it from me where I come out purely anti-vax, blaming the vaccine for everything outright without evidence. There are some studies here and there. The media may come out and report it. But you also need to understand that these stories that are negative, they're about one study or one data set. It's going to be up to you to do the research and then talk to a trusted medical professional to get answers on that. I ain't going to be able to have them for you. There's a lot of questions I have. I've seen died suddenly. Have you seen the documentary where they're pulling out these big blood clots from people? And they're like, they're calling them white fibrous clots. Now, I'm not, uh, look, I watched with a friend of mine and I said the vaccine component of it is speculative. Just because there's a correlation. They found blood clots in dead people. Many of these dead people were vaccinated. I'm like, dude, here's the problem. They mandatorily vaccinated like everybody. You need a control group. So what you need to do now is take a look at all the people who died not of COVID and who were unvaccinated and then look for instances of white fibrous clots in embalming and compare that. If you if you go through that and you see a signal, now you've got something to form a hypothesis. Anyway, look, man, it's important you know this, all right? And for all of you who are going to come out right now and said, see, I was right. We were all right. Congratulations. 100%. I really do mean it. I, I make predictions that are wrong all the time. I don't know. And I make predictions on this stuff, but it's there for you. You can see it. Take the, take the story for what it is. It says possible signal. Ask your doctor if it comes up. Now, I think the vax mandates are over basically anyway. So I'm not sure this matters anymore. If people want to get vaccinated, yo, I don't care. Literally don't. I'm not, I don't have a recommendation for it. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. My doctor said, man, too young. There you go. Simple. It's the mandates that are the problem. That's what, what we have to be careful about. Yes, of course. Um, some new medications come out all the time and some of them have side effects. But when the government tries to force you, now that's a problem. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast, thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. It's called Victory. Well, let's talk about this story from the post-millennial. Tim Poole gives out decks, skates with fans at Freedom Plaza, Washington, D.C. You heard me all last week saying that I was going to be in Washington, D.C. at Freedom Plaza skating just to be there to hang out, and I'll tell you the story. And I'll tell you why this is victory. And I need you to hear this. And I need you to share this with your friends. This past weekend was a lot of fun. The weekend before was also a lot of fun. I showed up 
to DC's Freedom Plaza with my girlfriend skating by myself. As it turns out, some other guys that I knew were also there. One dude was very famous. So of course I knew who he was. Of course, a lot of people know who I am. So several people came up and talked to me. I end up going to this one dude, talking to him and blah, blah, blah. And we're skating, played a game of skate, hung out, sat down on a bench, and then we ended up leaving, going at getting dinner. I then hear later that apparently the locals were deeply offended at my presence. Oh, they were so angry that Tim Poole would dare show up to Freedom Plaza. It caused some, uh, some backlash, I guess, or something. I don't know. Some guy posted on a forum something like, this pro had brought me there. And I'm like, I got there before that. I got there in the morning and they came after. What are you talking about? Nobody brought me there. I go skating all the time. So here's the point. I start talking to some guys in the, in the industry and they're like, dude, there's a lot of heat right now. You know, people were not happy that you were there. And I said, bullish, not true. I got fist bumps. I had locals that were like a local dude walked up to me, old black guy. He's like, what up, man? And we fist bump. I'm skating around. I'm doing nolly big spins. No problems whatsoever. But here's the point. I don't think there ever was beef. I think some, some sad people who have no real cultural influence or significance complained on the internet. They complained to their friends and people love drama. But here's why this was so important. Because a couple of guys in the industry, I'm just going to put it at that, had been saying to me like, hey, man, this is this is heat. We're going to get canceled. Yo, like, what are we going to do? And I said, stop, stop, stop. It's not real. There's no hate. There's no beef. They're lying to you. This is the point. Woke people, the cult need to maintain the, 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 the perspective, the impression, the belief that they control things, that they can cancel you. The fear of being canceled controls you. So here's what I did. I said, okay, I'm going to show up to Freedom Plaza in one week with Taylor Silverman. She is the female skateboarder who called out biological males competing in female divisions and winning first place. I'm going to bring her because if you so believe that these woke people control these cultural spaces, not only will I show back up, I'll bring my friends and other people. Libby Emmons came to hang out too. Editor-in-chief from the post-millennial. Phil Labonte, singer of All That Remains. Every reason is given for angry locals to come and tell us off, right? <clears throat> Instead, what happened? Yeah, uh, this time the locals were stoked to see us and got some free skateboards. That was the funny thing. We show up. Obviously, a, a ton of fans showed up. We got a bunch of photos. Special thank you to everybody who did show up. Some people drove from New York. Typically, it was East Coast people who drove several hours at most to come hang out on a, albeit windy day. It was, you know, it, it, I would say it was cold. It was like 38 degrees. That's nothing for me, you know, growing up in Chicago. It was the wind that really got me going, like, you know, oof, the wind. But I was able to skate, had a good time, did a couple tricks, did some forward flips, did, did, did a couple Nolly gazelles, some late flips, uh, Nolly hospital flips. You don't got to know what that means. All you got to know is that the, what they claimed about how I, I was warned, you're going to get heat for this. They're going to show up, blah, blah, blah. Not a single hater, not one. 
Not one. And the locals who were there gave me fist bumps, thanked me for doing this, thanked me for coming. And I gave out, we gave out maybe like 20 or 30 free skateboards. 20, just handed them out. We got the step on, step on Snack and Find Out skateboard. And we got just general Tim Cass skateboards, handed them out. Everybody was really excited. A couple of locals played some games. We played a couple of game of, uh, games of skate. I played a game of skate with uh, Taylor. She beat me. She's got those, those, those body varial tricks. I, can't just, I just can't get them. She's good at them. And we had fun. The skateboarding industry is, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know how to describe it. It is, is considered cool, I guess. But it's in a, it's in a weakened period right now. I mean, the, the economy itself is struggling. All right? We're hearing there's going to be a global recession. Maybe we'll talk about it in a few minutes. The skateboard industry is broke. So here's what is happening. Companies in their desperation are hiring who, who they can afford to hire. And what kind of person is willing to take a job at a discounted salary? Someone with an ulterior motive. So they're woke people. And some people are just scared and feign wokeness because they think they have to. Some people are trying to fit in. But some of these people are like, What's the salary? 50K? I'll take it. Because then they can exert cultural authority. So there are many companies where woke people have gotten jobs in skateboarding and infected it. And it's time to say enough. I'm sick of hearing from pro skateboarders. Yo, man, I love your show. I really would, you know, love to come on and speak out against this stuff, but I'll lose all my sponsors. No, you won't. Or maybe you will, but I don't think you will because there's no money left anyway. Now that's kind of a positive. I'm hearing from some pros. They make maybe 50K to 100K a year if they're like higher tier pros. Lower tier pros make very little. Skateboarding is not a rewarding industry to be involved in as a professional athlete. Some pro athletes are millionaires. Just, I don't even know how they do it. How, how do they make so much money? It's just like, it's confusing me. Endorsements, I guess. And there's the Olympic team stuff. Fine. But there is a real fear among many of these people that what little they have will be taken away if they speak out. I'm here to tell you, we went to the event, no heat, not a single protester, nothing but love. And they were scared. They were like, bro, like, you're going to get, you're going to get a lot of heat, man. It's going to get real bad. Like, you, those people, they, they, they tolerated you when you were there. Like they, they, they were trying to, they're being cool. But next week you're, you're announcing you're going to be there. I'm like, oh, I don't know. We'll see. Put, we'll, put, we'll put it to the test. And the test proved we won. We win. We won. No local shops got mad. No, nothing. Where's anything? Where's, where's, any, where's anyone? Where's a single protester? Where's this? Where's this? Nothing. Nothing happened. We skated, we had fun, met fans, and that was it. Gave out skateboards. The industry is woke. But it's time that all of these pros who secretly say they agree with our show, that they don't like the woke cult, that they like free speech, it's time you realized it's an illusion. What they're hoping is that by keeping you quiet and shutting you up, young people will grow up and they will hear nothing but wokeness. None when they're in their 20s. It will be law. But you know what I saw? I saw a bunch of little kids. 
I saw people bringing their kids and those kids getting free boards. I saw people saying, I'm getting my kid into skateboarding. Thanks to you. We're going to get them a board. So you know what's going to happen? All of these pros that refuse to speak up, eventually, you're going to lose what sponsors you had anyway. I've already heard the stories. And those that do speak up now have an opportunity to create something that regular people will actually like and inspire young people to get involved in. I'm going to do that. Become a member at TimCast.com. Right there. Click that button. Well, you can't actually click it, but, but click the website. Click join us. Why? This is the point. We have to have a cultural impact. We have to push back and take these spaces. Think about this. When I went to that park, not a single person said anything bad to me. Afterwards, there were murmurs in the skate community out here that they were offended I came and they blamed some other company or something because they have to blame somebody. That's what they do. They want you all scared. But no. I showed up. I took the space back. So guess what? You may see me again there next Saturday, hopefully a little warmer. It's like 50 degrees out now. And I'll skate again. And no one's going to care. The only thing you will actually see is people giving me fist bombs and saying, thanks for coming out. It's time to stop fearing the cult. You can win. You are winning. We just won. All right? All right. We're going to make more skateboards. We're going to open a skate shop. We've already got the building, first floor cafe, second, second floor games and skate, probably third floor. We think it might be like VIP members only social club, something like that. How cool would that be? Couches, TVs, video games. And it might be a little expensive because uh, the idea is like a one time, you know, you pay monthly. We probably do pay, pay monthly, but it could be, it could be expensive. Social clubs tend to be. Um, second floor, hang out, play games, skate, watch skate videos. I actually think we might be able to skate in the building at certain times. That'll be really fun. Well, I don't know. Insurance would probably, probably be brutal, but we're going to create a cultural scene. We are going to push back and rebuild in the, in the windows of our building. We'll not say, please don't hurt us, Antifa. It will say Molan Labe. It will say America first. It will have an American flag and a big old beautiful don't tread on me because I'm not I'm not here to back down and we've proven it. The emperor has no clothes. It's time to start speaking out. We're doing it. How many of you thought my physical safety would risk? Look at me. T-shirt, beanie jeans, standing up on a ledge in front of all these people. Nothing happened. There you go. Don't be so afraid. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all then. I saw this clip posted by Filibanti of a trans woman saying that they don't understand why someone could claim to accept a trans woman as a woman, but then still refuse to date them. Phil says, if a trans woman says they don't understand why a normal man doesn't want to date them, they are lying. Everyone, even trans people, understands why normal people don't want to date trans people, and it doesn't make you a bigot. And uh, I am not here to, to disrespect this individual for being trans, but I'm here to point out two things. One, I'm going to play this clip for you so you understand, but these people are lying to you when they say they accept you as a woman. They're trying to be nice, okay? They're trying to make you feel good. 
but they really don't mean it. And more importantly, this trans person answers their own question in the video. Okay, let me play the video for you so that uh, you can understand what I mean. And then uh, let's, hopefully this plays properly. Because they are transgender is a form of transphobia. However, I think there are different levels of transphobia. On a scale of 1 to 10, messing up someone's pronoun would be lower on the scale. While Okay, I just want to pause real quick and say, messing up someone's pronoun is transphobia? Seriously? No, 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 hold on. If you like trans people, have no issue with them, support and affirm them, and then use the wrong pronoun on accident, you're transphobic? Okay, that's, that's just nuts. I'm sorry. But anyway, continue. Well, offenses closer to 10 would be deliberately using the wrong pronoun or being Caitlyn Jenner. I okay, I'm just going to pause right there. Like, you don't get to say other people are transphobic and then literally just insult another person for what reason? I don't know, whatever. Personally, would put refusal to date trans folks on the lower end of the transphobia scale. I just don't understand why folks can say that they accept trans women as women and then refuse to date them even though they're attracted to women. In okay, let me pause right there. And, you know, you got to hear the rest of this because she basically answers her own question. And yes, I have no problem using a person's preferred pronouns. So apparently that is not transphobic. But listen, my friend, I mean this with all due respect. I mean this in no way to be mean. They're lying to you. I am not here to play games and lie. That's not what I do. When someone comes to you, ma'am, and says they accept you as a woman, but they won't date you, they are saying that they really do not, but they are trying to be nice. And that's all we can really ask of anybody, right? Look, I have no issue with using someone's personal pronouns. I really, really don't care. I certainly do understand in a written context when it comes to news, if you do not include the trans status of an individual, it can actually alter the story completely. Like if you said woman uh, uh, ass uh, assaulted in prison by, by, uh, uh, by another woman inmate, people in their minds will imagine two biological females. But if one of those individuals is actually male, it's very important to include trans. People can understand. What if the trans person was the victim and it was because they were trans? Don't you then want to say trans woman assaulted in woman's prison by another woman? Isn't it important for people to know that it was because they were trans? Now, what if it's the other way around? You don't get to play favorites. If it's woman assaulted by a biological male, trans woman, that is also extremely important, especially when it pertains to sexual abuse. But let me play for you the end of this clip because the individual answers their own question. In my world, that's acceptance with an asterisk. It's like saying that insects are food or that Tucker Carlson is a human. Oh, I'm going to pause right there. I'm sorry. Again, I just do not like this at, at all. You expect of me to be nice to you, to respect your pronouns, and you say, Caitlyn Jenner, you insult Caitlyn Jenner, and then you say, Tucker Carlson's not a human being. Both are technically true, but All right, asterisks. Here. It's like saying that insects are food 
or that Tucker Carlson is a human. Both are technically true, but... No, sorry, I'm not playing this game. You cannot tell me to respect you while you spit on other people. It ain't gonna happen. But let's assess the last portion of that clip where the individual says, it's, it's like saying that insects are food and that Tucker Carlson is, is a human, but both are technically true. Mm, mm. It's your opinion that insects aren't food. It's your opinion that Tucker Carlson's not a human. Okay, see, those are, those are things that are factually true. Insects are food, period, for a lot of people. Doesn't mean we have to enjoy it. Doesn't mean we're going to eat them. I personally would not, I would not like to eat the bugs. I don't care if I have to eat bugs because I'll do what I have to do to survive. But preferably, a nice steak and some chicken is, is okay. I'm not going to cry about it. Tucker Carlson, literally a human being. But here's the point. You say you don't understand why someone could claim to accept trans people as women, trans women as women, but also refuse to date a trans person despite being attracted to women. It's exactly what you said. Acceptance with an asterisk. You're right. But if you personally do not recognize insects are food or Tucker's a person, don't you get it? They don't actually think you're a woman. I think, as Phil said, they're lying. This person clearly outlines they understand. I think the issue is they just don't want to accept it. And look, look, if you don't want to, to be in reality or whatever, fine by me, I don't care. But do not make me, do not force me to partake in your fantasy. That is to say, I have no problem with personal pronouns. I have no problem whatsoever with trans people. I really have no issue if this individual is happier the way they are. I'm actually, I'm happy for them. To be able to live your true, authentic self, that's a good thing. You know, it would suck to be bottled up deep inside, not being able to express yourself. I like playing music. I like playing guitar. I couldn't imagine what it would be like if people were like, you better not let anybody know you actually like those things. I like anime. I like Dragon Ball Z. I like Naruto. Big Naruto fan. Not a big fan of Boruto, but the original series. I got no problem saying like, I like all this, this, this weeb anime stuff. I like skating. I like video games. I play Overwatch. I play low skill diva, whatever, man. I am who I am. I have fun doing what I do. I'm never going to live a life where I'm just like, uh, I better not tell anybody I actually did that. I got to pretend to be cool. So surely it does suck. But while simultaneously spitting on people, they demand from us that we affirm them. And give them the respect they don't give other people or this person. So you know what they say? You have to respect somebody. No, you don't. Respect is earned, not given. And you, my friend, have not earned a single modicum of respect from me. Because you're just a mean, nasty person. Tucker Carlson doesn't, know anything, doesn't, doesn't owe you anything. He doesn't know anything about you. So why just throw in those insults? I often try very hard to avoid directly insult insulting people. Sometimes I will. I try not to. I try not to get too angry. Typically, the angriest I get is when I call someone evil. Like that clip from uh, when Matt Gates was on the show. And he talked about how they were waiting to vote on a bill to break up big tech. Paul Pelosi buys the dip. Then the bills don't make it to the floor. Then stock probably skyrocketed. Yeah, that's evil. There's a lot of evil people. You, I think, are just ignorant. 
But this is something we see quite a bit of. A lot of stories like this. They've been saying it for a while. That if you are a female who will, if you're a lesbian who will not date a trans lesbian, then you're transphobic. That was a huge thing for years and it still persists. And the crazy thing is when I try talking to my friends about it, say it's not true. And I'm like, dude, it's everywhere. It's viral. Maybe you just don't see it. But it is true. I am not saying it is the most prevalent thing, but it is true. We see videos like this. The one thing I want to make sure we're care- we got to be careful of is like, this is one person on TikTok. It's got 140,000 views. It is not the most viral or most prominent video ever. But I think it lays out an important point. And I hate to say it because I don't want to be mean to y'all. But y- these people need to understand the overwhelming majority of males do not think you're a woman. I, I, again, I'm not trying to be mean. That's just the truth. And I think the whole affirmation thing is because they just want to feel like that. Yeah, well, it's unfortunate. Yeah, you know, sometimes I wish I was a stadium fill-in rock star. But I'm not going to demand people tell me that I am. Look, there are a lot of people who have taken their own lives because they never made it in Hollywood or became a rock star. There are many people who have taken their own lives because they could not be the best of the best of the best. There are people who felt deep down inside they longed for nothing more than to be the greatest soccer player in the world. And then they couldn't make it past high school. And these people get depressed. And sometimes they take their own lives. It's called the midlife crisis. Dude's got a construction job. He's looking at his back at his football days. And he's like, how did I miss, man? How did I not get the cut? I was in college. I was playing and I didn't get drafted. And now I'm working where? I'm sure it happens. Now you want something different. You want to be something you are physically not. You cannot demand of other people that they just act like you are. And I'm not going to demand that anybody come to me and say, just, just, you know what? I know it's not true, but tell me I'm the greatest pro skater who ever lived. I'm sorry, dude. This is just a sign that you know and that other people know we may be nice in using your pronouns and, 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 and saying trans women are women. But deep down, you, you, you've said it yourself. People will claim it, but then not date, date trans women, which shows actions speak louder than words. It's not true for everybody. Some people probably have no issue with it. I'm just saying, you answered your own question. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. By now, I'm sure you've heard the ATF is banning pistol braces. Some of you may be wondering exactly what that is, so I will show you some images. And then you can understand what a pistol brace is. And I'll tell you exactly why. First, let me just say I am livid. I reject this outright. And uh, I think we may be seeing a volley of lawsuits filed over this. What you are seeing on the screen, my friends, is a pistol brace. It attaches to the rear of a weapon. I'm not a big gun expert or anything like that. Many of you probably know better than me, but I'll explain. This is a pistol, not a rifle, okay? And I have a graphic that can show you a little bit. The pistol brace has this, uh, you know, thing on the back with a strap that it wraps around your arm. So when you're aiming it, it stabilizes it. However, it is a fact that these braces 
because they're long, can be held up against your shoulder like a stock. That's the crazy thing about this. The first thing I want to say as we talk about this, where the real problem lies. What you're seeing right now is an image I found from The Trace. They explain the Ruger AR-556 pistol implicated in the mass shooting in Boulder, Colorado, uses the same receiver, but its stabilizing brace and shorter barrel make it a pistol under federal gun regulations. Yes. The ATF has issued a rule saying that you have 120 days to register your pistol if it has a brace as an NFA item, meaning fingerprints, going to the police, waiting six months, all this other BS. Otherwise, you're in trouble. The ATF is not Congress. The ATF does not get to make legislative decisions on banning certain things. The ATF cannot just come out and say, we hereby decree a brace is a stock. That's not how it works. So I say, you, well, I'm not going to swear. All right. Family friendly. But I did basically mouth the swear. You can't play this game. All right. Let's talk about this. All right. Because I got a, I got a bunch of questions. Here you can see the image. A 16-inch barrel plus the AR platform, the lower receiver, and a stock makes it a rifle. If you use a shorter barrel than this with a stock, it becomes a short-barreled rifle. If you have, a st- if you have no stock, let's put it that way, it's a pistol. A stabilizing brace wraps around your arm so that you can be stable when you're shooting. Many people, and this one's really dumb and obvious, do use a stabilizing brace as a stock. You're not supposed to because it makes it a short-barreled rifle. But a brace is not a stock. And therein lies the problem. The ATF had no issue with this. All of a sudden, they're now saying they do. That's not my fault. I abided by the law, followed all the rules. You can't just come out now and threaten criminal penalty without legislative action. That's what I expect to see. I call shenanigans on this. Further, I call more shenanigans. Why is a short-barreled rifle regulated under the NFA? Serious question. A short-barreled rifle. The exact, so here's the bigger controversy, in my opinion. So they say, the 16-inch barrel is a rifle. Do you know how easy it is to buy a rifle in most places, even in New Jersey? New Jersey, one of the worst places in the world. Maryland, also one of the worst places. In, well, worst places in the country. It's still better than many places in the world. One of the worst places in the country for trying to buy a gun. And even getting a standard AR-15, 5.56, relatively easy. It should be easier. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's you know, super easy relatively easy. Meaning in New Jersey, you got to get a car. It takes like a month. Then you walk in, you do a background check. You can buy a rifle. Handguns are a lot more difficult. In New Jersey, you got to get a form filled out. You got to mail it in. It's all this nonsense. So because the barrel is a few inches shorter, all of a sudden now I need federal permission to have this. That is, in my opinion, unconstitutional. And you see this story. I think this shows the egregious nature of the ATF's overreach. So you have a stabilizing brace. Again, let me show you the image. Because of its function, 
it can be pressed up against your shoulder like a stock. Therefore, it must be banned. That's their reasoning. If they were going to to regulate this as they did for so long, I'd make the argument that if, if you're trying to make the argument like the trace is doing, <clears throat> I'm assuming they're doing it. Or you know what? I'm not even going to say they're making the argument. Okay. If you look at this image, you can see the similarities between all three weapons. Why are any of them regulated any differently? They shouldn't be regulated at all. They should all just be rifles that you can buy. Well, here's a story from Fox News. GOP lawmakers call it unconstitutional overreach. I'm hoping to see a volley of lawsuits. We'll see how things go. I don't want to say too much just yet. Republican lawmakers call regulation of pistol stabilizing braces a gun registration and confiscation scheme. I say it is imposing criminal penalty without legislative action. The government does not get to decree that I've broken the law and then come threaten me with criminal action. They say the ATF finalized a new regulation Friday that will treat guns with stabilizing accessories like short barreled rifles, which require a federal license to own under the NFA. The move is part of a comprehensive gun crime strategy Biden announced in April in response to Boulder when a gunman used a stabilizing brace to kill 10 people. You know what recently happened? Uh, It was a court in New York, I believe, ruled the bump stock ban was unconstitutional. I imagine this will be the same thing. Announcing the rule, Attorney General Merrick Garland said that stabilizing brace accessories, which were designed to help disabled combat veterans enjoy recreational shooting, transform pistols into short-barreled rifles. Keeping our communities safe from gun violence is among the department's highest priorities. Almost a century ago, Congress determined that short-barreled rifles must be subject to heightened requirements. Today's rule makes clear that firearms manufacturers, dealers, and individuals cannot evade is important public safety protections simply by adding accessories to pistols that transform them into short-barreled rifles. That's on you. That's on you. When pistol braces came out and you knew what they looked like and you knew that people could push up to their shoulder and use as a a short-barreled rifle and you said, no, it's fine. It's okay. We all said, okay. All right, fine. Now me, I like using the brace for a brace because I have rifles. I don't need I don't need to use a short bear, a brace as a stock. But let's be real. People do. Absolutely they do. But that doesn't matter to me. The issue is, did you say okay? Did people then act on good faith? Did you then pull the rug out from under them and say, now you're gonna go to jail? Nah, homie, don't play that. I think that's unconstitutional and wrong. Now, it's important to understand. There are some exceptions in this uh, regulation. I mean, it's one thing, you know, this is, this is, this is an MCK pistol brace for a handgun. These are a bit different. I mean, this, that's <laughs> the, the total modification where you put the handgun in and that's the very, it's, we'll, we'll make some arguments, but all that really matters. You need to pass legislative action on this. You cannot just come out and change the rules. But anyway, some exceptions. If the pistol brace functions solely as a brace, they are still allowed. That is to say, take a look at this image. This back right here, right? It attaches to the weapon and then wraps around your arm. It's got a Velcro strap. It is a stabilizing brace. Because this up top is thick, the the, the, the top of the brace, it can be 
it can stabilize itself up against your shoulder. If that was not there and just the brace part went down, that is apparently fine. I don't know how you design or build that, but they should. The rule specifically states that if the brace does not have that function, it is fine. Okay. Important to know, but to me, don't care. It is unconstitutional to make a law without an act of Congress. We do not live in a dictatorship. We do not live in a place where a government bureaucracy, law enforcement agency can decide, you know what? You're breaking the law. Could you imagine if the FBI just came out whenever they wanted and said, you know, we said possession of caffeine was legal. Changed our minds. No longer. Well, caffeine's very similar to cocaine. What if the DEA said, you know what? No caffeine. They could, couldn't they? It's basically what they're doing right now. So I don't play that. I'm not going to play games. People use stabilizing braces as stocks. Fact. They've complained about it. So what? If you don't like the rule, pass a law in Congress. And if you can't, unconstitutional. I'll leave it there. Next segment will be tonight at 8 p.m. YouTube.com slash Timcast IRL. I hope to see you there. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.